I should turn the volume on. Yay, there it is. Good <laughs> evening, everyone, and welcome. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone. With me tonight, we have... Matthew, and I'm playing Clever Stitch, the tabaxi arcane archer. Megan, I'm playing Saride Landir, the Eldrin glamour bard. Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm playing Sirak, the Arakakra Horizon Walker Ranger. Howdy, y'all. This is Miles. I'll be playing Talroth, Oakenblade, Wood Elf Scout. And I'm Kez, and I'm going to be playing Treasure Glitterhoof, the Tiefling Fighter. Okay. Oh, you did it. You did the thing. I was I was hoping I was hoping that the dash would put me after you. No, no, it did not. All right, I'll I'll flip us back in just a moment. No, that's okay. I fixed it. Clever Stitch. Oh, oh Clever Stitch. <laughs> Look at him, Clever Girl. <laughs> yeah. You could so you could spell it with a K. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Um, so welcome everybody. This is our uh, this is Disasters and Danger. It is our D and D five E high fantasy homebrew campaign game, um, brought to you by our friends over at Norse Foundry. Yay! Yo, Norse Foundry! Yay! Yay! So uh, in the month of August, we will have a giveaway. I think it's a, it's either a dice giveaway or I saw this today. Um, we have a compass. From them. Oh, uh, yeah. That's fancy. I don't think it's like the like you could take it in the wilderness and it would show you which way is north compass. I think it's like <laughs> a, you put it on a map compass, but it's very, very pretty, very cool. Um, so all of those things are are usually a, a a joy. Very happy to have them be along with us for the ride on this journey. Um, yeah. So. That is that. Tomorrow night, I believe we have Storm King's Thunder, um, and then we've got some Dragon Age happening later in the week. Um, if you guys are a part of Project Eberron, we've uh, started looking into running some test games uh, to get some of those members in, do some Eberron games. We're also looking at um, a new season launch in September, so we'll be bringing you guys some new shows, some new games. Um, try to take advantage of the technology and maintain our social distancing and, and all of those fun things. Um, as as life continues, live voyage. Uh, does anybody else have any announcements for today? Um, Central Florida Vocal Arts is starting up their um, Friday Night Live again, I believe, starting this Friday. Um, so if you want to have some awesome, if you want to get some awesome music before coming over here for Dragon Age, um, you can catch us on the Central Florida Vocal Arts Facebook page, as well as they're doing a, um, I think it's a pre-recorded, um, kind of concert with some local Central Florida talent. It's their gender bender concert where mm. we're taking popular musical theater songs and they're being sang by um, unexpected people. Mm. And so that's a lot of fun. And you can find more information for that on the Central Florida Vocal Arts website. I think the tickets, I think we're trying to sell tickets for this one and all of, I don't remember where all of the proceeds are going, but I think part of it is going to something else. And they're 10 bucks. 
Um, so we're trying to test out some new format stuff. And uh, yeah, if you want to check out any of that stuff, you can go to the Central Florida Vocal Arts Facebook page. Very, very cool. Kez, you had something. Yes, don't forget to follow our Patreon. And we are trying to get to 30 patrons. And when we do, Kez is going to do a um, a personalized character art giveaway. Um, full body color with no background. If you guys haven't seen her stuff, check out the Instagram. Um, I think we have uh, some of her finished works uh, up and on there. It, it, she does phenomenal work. Um, Kez, are you accepting commissions right now? Or are you back? Currently, I'm a little slammed. You're a little but slammed. I... Yeah, just a little bit, but I am getting ready to open commissions soon Mm -hmm. for the holiday season, because as we know, it's more than just Christmas. There's folks that celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Yule, and any number of holidays that come towards that end of the year process, including birthdays and all that good stuff. So I'm going to be redoing all of my pricing and my rules and all that good stuff that should be coming up soon. And I will be opening up commissions. I want to say within the next month or so for the holidays. Awesome. Um, yeah. And you, how's that piece you were telling us about that? Was it like a huge 13 person, uh, party piece? Yeah, it's a 13 person. I think I counted out like seven familiars, a couple NPCs and it's all done in a, in a bazaar. Okay. And that piece is probably the largest piece I've ever had to do. I had to actually tape another piece of paper to the first piece of paper. Wow. So that I have enough room for everybody. <laughs> that sounds epic. I can't wait to see it when um, when that one is done. <clears throat> when any of them are done. They're, I mean, you finish them all the time, but they are all, they're all quite wonderful. Uh, all right, team. Let's, let's get into it. Shall we? Let us D and or disappear. That's a D too, I suppose. That is a D. That is okay. Well, let's. I oh, because uh, every time Eric does that, I have to make us disappear and make oh, us no. reappear. Because then oh, no. I'm sorry. Because then I went uh, to go hit full screen, and then I accidentally I was like, oh, this big red button, that's full screen. No, that's disconnect. <laughs> that's, that's not full screen. That's disconnect. No, it sends you home. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get into it, shall we? Our adventure takes place in the continent of Licht Dracht. Um, it is a land of myth and legend. It is a, a land of fate and destiny, land bereft of gods and deities, and a land where um, where history is written uh, by the will of mortals. Our heroes are members of the Magnus Exploratorium, a college dedicated to anthropology and archaeology to discover the secrets of this lost and wild world. They have joined an expedition to a famed location known as the Forge, and as such, they are traveling across the breadth of this continent with the aid of um, some wildlanders and some graduate students from the Exploratorium uh, as as they make their way there. Um, Real quick note, because uh, 
it just caught my attention. Um, we are we have a thunderstorm happening over my head right now, so um, we'll all probably be experiencing some weather as we go. We haven't dropped any frames yet, um, but if if we need to take a break or pause for for anybody or any of us for a bit, we will let you guys know. Just giving you the heads up on that one. You guys have made your way to the town of Trubluff. It is a um, it's a weird old shanty town, uh, kind of like a, a wild prospector's town. Um, that, ooh, that is, yes, hello thunder. Um, a weird like prospector's town. That uh, was formerly on uh, the um, pioneer of of human civilization. As since it has sort of uh, moved a little further west, but you can definitely see the roots of of it. It is uh, it is somewhat like Moss Eisley. It is it is a wretched hive of scum and villainy. It is a uh, dangerous town. You guys had spent the day uh, looking for some items. You'd done a little shopping and uh, have discovered there are some things of value. You guys did some resupplying, uh, different different things like that. And you had also broken up a fight between... Oh, good. Our coins arrived. Coins from the chat. Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad that they arrived. Our giveaway. Um, yeah. So, um, you guys broke up a fight between your wildlanders and a members of a hobgoblin tribe known as the Blood Drops. Uh, Blood Drop Clan. Um, some of them were spared. Uh, it had very little to do with you, as best you can tell. Um, but Screebers performing his task alerted you when when the carts were in danger. Uh, you guys were able to rescue one of his pies, a a cherry pie. That is important. And um, it was peach. It was peach. Why did I say cherry? I'm so sorry. It was a peach oh, pie. <laughs> I've disappointed Megan. Now we're off to the right start. How? It's clown you? shit. What the hell? <laughs> um. So that is where we're gonna. That's where we're gonna pick up. We're we're gonna begin here. You guys have done. Uh, you've resupplied your fifteen days worth of um. Resources that you have had previously spent. Um, the next day's journey is going to take you. Um, looks like the next, if you guys bring up the map, 10-day-ish stretch of time is, uh, brings you out to the edge of Four Point Farms. Um, or up to the Western Crossroads, if you wish to stay on, uh, Human Roads, Human Roads end up at, uh, up around Tower 12. Um... The Wildlanders, as you guys are... Is there anything else you guys want to do in Trebluff? I didn't think you guys wanted to spend a, a ton of time here, but you're welcome to. I see all very small headshakes saying, no, we are ready to go. We're going to do that. 
Um, once more, you guys... Well, over the course of the days, as you begin to travel, you will see that there is the question between um, the Wildlanders and the Wyatt. Wyatt tends to vote with the Wildlanders because he wants to get there as fast as possible. Um, but the other more cautious members of the Magnus Exploratorium as to which direction they should they should take. And if you guys uh, would also bring up the, the secondary map um, for, for the coming journey, you will note that the Wildlanders prefer to travel north. Ultimately, the forge is up in the, the northern, mm, probably three hexes of not the map, not the second map, but a third map you have not seen, nor probably can you see until you find somebody that has one. Yeah. Um, so they would prefer to travel. If it were up to them, they wouldn't take a road anywhere. They would off-road the whole way. They know that that's not really an option for them. Um, but you're coming up to a crossroads soon. Uh, one that will take you towards Four Point, one that will uh, keep you along, uh, heading slightly northwest through the western crossroads, and then you could sort of take that out and up. It does lead you into... Well, as you guys gather around a campfire the next day, um, you can sort of hear the discussions that are that are being had. Um, the Skull Splitter points out um, Skull Splitter. Skull Cleaver. Skull Cleaver. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't just split him. He cleaves him. Cleaves him. Yes. Cleaves him high and dry. Yes, he does. The um, <clears throat> northern lands are far more populated with the Hobgoblin tribes. And as you all have seen, we have some issues that still remain from the days of the tyranny. However, both bridges across the blood trench are controlled by Hobgoblin tribes. In either direction, we will have some issues to address. Do I say why waste time traveling to the south? We must immediately travel back north. The shortest distance gives us the best so, chance for success. So you just want to go, so you just want to go straight north past, uh, just like straight up the mountains here? As he is describing it, well, he doesn't, he's not saying to go straight north. He wants to take you sort of past Tower 12 and then, right. and then cut to the west. If it were up to him, uh, you guys would ford the Blood Trench River. 
Um, which uh, is... Do we we have the blood trench on that second map? Yep. And um, where? Only because I'm trying to get everything correct in my head. Where does the like what on the first map? Where would that be on the second map? Just so I could get like a north south idea. They line up perfectly east to west. Side oh, by side. Oh, they do line up perfectly. Just just side by side. Same. Same. Um, okay. Latitude. Okay, okay. So he wants to go straight across the river as opposed to going up to 12 and then having to come down to go across that bridge that's in the middle of the Blood Gulch, mm-hmm. Blood Trench River. Yep, Blood Trench River. Okay. Um, those fortresses that, um, Great Fortress to the north, that is Deep Hobgoblin territory. Um, that is. Actually, if you guys want to make me a couple of history checks. Everybody can make me a history check to sort of gather what information you know about this um, land. Those of you born in Lickdracht, uh, so I believe Clever Stitch and Tauroth, uh, you can have advantage on this check, please. <laughs> Sixteen. Four. Sixteen. Four. Nineteen. Nice. Nat 20 for 25. Ooh. 15. 15. Solid. Um... And still four. And still four. But a good four. A strong four. Not just... Solid four. Yeah, not like a a, wimpy four, but like a... No, no, no. That's that's the strongest four I've ever seen. (laughs) I can tell you the names of the last three kings of the Empire, but that's about (laughs) it. Um, Looking at the second map, because it doesn't have names on it, it's, it's some very obscure... Um, bit of information. It's not an area that um, it's not an area that the Exploratorium has been able to gather a lot of information on. Um, However, those of you Tauroth and Clever Stitch, uh, you guys know that it is... I have these somewhere. There I am. I'm good DM because I know how to remember things. Um, the city of Klavlakru is the former hobgoblin capital. Um, that is that large monstrous city sort of emblem up in the north near the forest on map two. Uh-huh. Um, Traveling directly across will bring you guys dangerously close to that. It is no longer within Hobgoblin control. Um, The Hobgoblins were driven during the time of the Revolution into the time of the Tyranny, which which led to the March of Glaives. Um, All of that, they were being driven east by some unknown uh, force. Some some organized monstrosities of um, of mm. corruption and and uh, flesh rending nature. So traveling near there is dangerous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, to be fair, the 
river tribes of the hobgoblins that maintain the two outposts near the um, Blood Trench River are um, a split from the Clava Klul city. Uh, it used to all be one uh, one tribe. Um, now they refer to themselves as Clavic North and Clavic True, um, and and often uh, participate in river battles, essentially with with each other. Um, with Clavic North uh, often threatening to poison the entirety of the blood trench. Um, that's what the locals here know. Um, Treasure, you rolled a 16? I did, yes. Okay, cool. Want to make sure. So you, from your studies, um, you... You would know... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that for you, you having spoken with Olaroon, known him for a while, uh, perhaps heard and discussed uh, with him his his great search for um, for Dawnbringer, and and been privy to those informations. Um, that mountain uh, range, that very small six peak mountain range, that is just north of. Uh, of a lake there sort of on the southern half of the map um, the two of you have worked out together that that is probably um, the the mountain range and fortress that holds houses the beholder that um, and where where Dawnbringer probably um just for for your information, and of course, that's something I would discuss with the party. Maybe not with um, with Wyatt and Skullcleaver, but I right. would definitely let everyone here present know that yes, Olarun and I had kind of tried to piece together where we might find the sword. And something about that mountain range kind of sort of rang some bells for him. Yeah. It, it is, yeah, your strongest. Um, your and sorry, strongest. I was I was trying to take notes on Clavicola. You said that mountain range is, is that like the spiky mountains towards the, like... It's right above where, that lake. It's We're yeah, still going okay. along the... Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, Just there, wanted to double check. Yeah, there's a small, there's a small outcropping of mountains that yeah. are very unnaturally present. They don't they don't seem to follow any any like fault lines or there's no range of them. They are a um an anomalous outcropping. Um and it is beneath those mountains where Dawnbringer Thanks. is believed to to be. Thank you. It's a ride. You 
uh, are privy to actually some some very interesting information. Um, there is a um, elven, or I should say, fey um, refuge that is um, that is that large central city within the um, six points, the six posts on the outside. Um, that Fey Refuge uh, was set up by um, Volveren. Yep. A former uh, Fey Lord who had given up their immortality um, and created, attempted to create a sort of um, menagerie of sorts, a an area in which um, creatures from the Feywild could live uh, as they would in the Feywild on the mortal realm, uh, free from the influences of the Fey Court. Um, it is known as Valverin's Dream. Okay. And it is um, protected by uh, the Watchers, Valverin's Watchers. Um, each of those outer cities serves as a um, one part like a watch station, but also uh, powers and creates a uh, energy field that protects the interior of of that area. It is rumored to be quite idyllic, safe, um, a uh, a place of virtuous law um, uncorrupted by the uh, politics of the Feywild. Um. And for your natural 20, I'm also going to give you one other piece of of information. There is an old Fey, uh, there's an old Eladrin legend of a fallen city. Not in the way that it has crumbled, but in a way that, uh, well, also maybe that, but in, uh, in a way that says, like, crashed somewhere. Um, and that is you for some reason the the black city of the crater reminds you of those stories do i know if there's any um rumblings about a 
part of the sword being there or part tower of blades oh, ta- being there? Power, tower of blades. Um, Do any of us have any backstory shit in that little area? In the um, tower, so thinking of the the rest of the weapons that you guys are are hunting, um, the beast tamer is most likely in and around that forest just south of um, Valvarian's dream. Okay. And you suspect somewhere in the great grass wilds between um, the black city of the crater and the blood trench river that's sitting somewhere it, riding somewhere in there is where Tauroth's familial blade lies. Okay. Um, she will tell them about this stuff, but heavily downplay the Fey things because Sorak is there? Okay. Um, I'm gonna... And use words like menagerie? <laughs> <laughs> So it's not called a menagerie, um, but it, it is. Let me let me clarify. It's a little more like um, like Noah, but not a boat. Like a sanctuary. Yes. Yeah. Sanctuary. Yes. Sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah, but it's Faye, so she's still gonna just be like, uh, I don't know. If there's um, it's like some forest and shit. I don't know. Hmm? Ooh, I like forests. Look over there. In in before Sirak brings us directly to the Fae because he's interested in forests. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. This isn't a forest at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's no trees here at all. There's buildings. <laughs> Oh, I think it's a translation thing where I'm from. <laughs> that's what we call them because, you know, elf nonsense. And, <laughs> and the elves make houses in the trees. So. <laughs> and he fully is just like, with his low insight, he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> just 100% buys that. That makes sense. Come on board. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I know these guys want to keep going north, but it seems like a lot of the stuff we want to do is really towards the south. I mean, the mountains for Olorun's sword and that interesting forest city that uh, Saride was talking about. Like, all of that seems like it's going to be towards the south, so I wonder if we want to try to convince them to... uh, to go that way. Uh, it probably depends on if we want to bring the entire caravan with us, or if we want to do that as a smaller incognito group. I'd say for Olorun's sake, at least if we're going after that sort of smaller group, probably better. Well, I remember them saying we could, like, peel off for like a quick side mission or something. Oh, this is true. 
As long yeah. as we can, you know, catch back up with them. What were you going to say, Tarolf? No, just pretty much that. I mean, part of the whole agreement of us coming along was we had to bring our own crap with us, and if we needed to dip out to take care of some personal business, no questions asked, as long as we meet up with them later. All right. Do they know... Uh, never mind. They said that the forge was on a third map that we don't have. Um, do we know about... Uh, not, not up and down, but east-west, lat- laterally, longitude, longitudinally, mm-hmm. um, about how far east-ish or west-ish, I don't know my directions, I'm a cat, how far west-ish on map two they might have to go before going north up to map three, which we don't have, in order to reach the forge. So, you know the forge will be... Um... According to the Wildlanders, once you cross the mountains, and you can see the beginning of that mountain range um, in the northwest corner. Yeah. Once you cross those mountains, um, it is a week in, in the Great Ravine. Another small mountain range, and there, in that second mountain range, is the forge. That's a far as fuck trip. I didn't realize that it was quite this far. Yeah, you, um, you guys signed up. You guys signed up for a three-month tour, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind then. Yeah, fuck it. We can just leave for two weeks, and I'm sure we'll catch up. No big deal. <laughs> I thought that this might be a uh, yeah four days to make a personal vacation, but no, that's it. That's a long yeah. as fuck trip. You guys are Lewis and Clarking it, just yeah. just so that we're clear. Yeah, you're, you're you are, you guys are doing the Lewis and Clark. So, yeah. um, go ahead. Well, uh, if I'm uh, looking at these maps right, if we're cutting across more to the west and a little bit south, just to kind of help all the rune out. If we hightail it north after that. Is that more open plains where we get a little more of a speed to our sails, so to speak? Potentially. That is open plains, yes. Light light trees and forests, it's not to say that it's it's bereft of of trees, but they are grasslands. They are um, Oklahoman fields of wheat. And there will probably be some, um, if I had to guess, there'd be some not outposts, that's the wrong word, but um, dotted along will be, yeah, uh, the villages and groups of people who are native to this part of Lichtdrakt. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to contend with that too. But my only thing with what they want to do is that if we cross near the north, we're coming awful close to where hobgoblins were driven out by a group of flesh-rending organized monstrosities. Not really where I want to go. So maybe like central, centralized or south is my, my vote. Do we know how 
how wide the river tends to be at its like most average point. Because hexes are what, like freaking eight miles? Uh, no, they're like 20, 24 miles from. <sighs> if you're going from flat side to flat side, it's about 20. From corner to corner, it's about 24. Um, so, so uh, on average, at least 12 miles. That's a biggest shit river. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, fording, fording that river is, uh, is difficult. Um, you know, one of the reasons that the, uh, Skull Cleaver will explain. Part of the reason that we line our wagons with adamantine is to weigh them down, you see. Then we are not going to travel across the top of the river. We're going to let the carts sink, put the supplies up top, and the war beasts, for all of their might, are actually mighty swimmers, and so they will roll along the bottom. Genius. And and what what do your people do? Do they just swim across the entire thing? Well, we could we ride the rafts with the supplies. Although uh, some of us have swam the breadth of the blood trench. You're crazy. It's Go actually a, tr- a truly mighty feat. Uh, Twelve. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> we do you judge cover it yourself by... in like insulating fat. If we will. If we were wimps, yes. Then we would. But in the midst of summer, it's not so bad. The the mightiest of us is the one who can ford, uh, who can swim the 12 miles across the river and travel the furthest south. Uh. Being swept along the river of this is the implication there. Yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> Clever Stitch Cat. I don't like cat it. Cat switches um, his face. Yeah. Uh, and what? what is... What is Wyatt planning on doing to ford the river? Um. Yeah. What are you planning on doing, Wyatt? <laughs> The <laughs> I had prepared us a number of scrolls of water walking that could assist us. We would, of course, have to create some form of rafts for our carts, but I believe if we enchanted the horses and mules and such and had them uh, drag the carts across the river, that we could make decent time. Alright. Thoughts from the group? Are we okay Oregon trailing and fording the river? Because most of the time people die of dysentery if you do that. Well, why don't we go over the uh, extensive plans we made to waterproof and ready our uh, carts in case of river fording. Uh, Tauroth, do you want to take that? I, I don't recall the specific plans that we all definitely made and accounted for. <laughs> I am quite invested in these because I don't want to swim across the river. 
Uh, sorry, Soraki was saying something. I was kind of looking at these maps, trying to figure shit out here. Uh, kind of seeing a couple bridges here, though. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if we have if we have to be heading south anyway to uh, help all the room take care of his uh, break dawn or dawn bring a business, um, why don't we just use the bridge? I think I think the issue is the hobgoblin encampments that are near those with those two city markers that are on our maps, if I'm recalling correctly. Not an unstoppable issue, but that is the reason that they want to ford the river. Right, but that's the wildlanders who want to ford the river because they got some beef with them hobgoblins. We ain't got no beef with no hobgoblins unless uh, people are not telling us the whole truth here. So this is true. Would it be so bad for us to just kind of go, hey, uh, we just want to cross. How much cost? Can I do a... a history or an insight on the hobgoblins in either of those two to see and are brainstorming aloud to the group to try and allow anybody who might be better at this than I um, to see what their historically what their thoughts have been on letting people use their bridges um, yeah I can go ahead and tell you because you, you rolled well enough before um, so when when it was all Clavaclu land mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the bridges were a, a source of control and uh, income uh, for them Right. The largest issue with uh, Klavik North and Klavik True is um, primarily their hatred of each other. So mm. as long as um, there there is usually some form of tax involved for crossing the river, um, sure. you don't. The one thing you don't know is if gold or gold coin will be um, acceptable. Um, it, sometimes when tribes have broken down the so the at its height the hobgoblin nation uh minted its own coins you have seen some of those um but uh if they've lost contact with the other hobgoblin tribes they may only accept goods or services got it i'm down for the bridge Sorok. um which uh which Clan, uh, did Skullcleaver say that the hobgoblins we fought came from? Was that Clavic North or Clavic True? Neither. Uh, Blood Drop. Yeah, fine. Cool. Uh, just, do you think Clavic North and Clavic True hate Blood Drop? Because if so, you know, we could tell them we killed a couple of those, and that's good at service right there. <laughs> not sure. Um, you're not sure what those internal politics are of, of these two tribes. Would, would, would uh, do you think Grad might know that? No, actually, I, I, other than the fact that Blood Drop hates us, <clears throat> I've never been to either the Clovic North or the Clovic True um, cities. I always just um, swim. Okay, but so you've never like in a killing breath heard them be like, at least you're not being killed by a Clovic True, <clears throat> like nothing like that. I have not, no. But I don't okay, speak okay. I don't speak goblin. So uh, they they may have. 
I had always nah. assumed they were saying, Damn you, you muscular Adonis. How dare <laughs> you rend me in two. Ah, but to die it's... in your hands, to be split among my skulls. Yes. Is be it? Skull splitter. Yes. Do... Does, does killing him usually take that long? <laughs> it seems like a lot, or is it like shorter in Goblin? Especially wait, 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 wait. if their skulls are being cleaved, but you that's... think it would almost be instant. But, but, hobgoblins are a hive mind, right? Isn't that sort of like where one ends, the other one picks up? That's, I'm just saying, I as, I, as I kill them, don't they all you... continue the monologue? I think are you doing players. like... Are you doing like Richard Feynman's singular electron theory where all electrons in the universe are one electron going backwards and forwards immeasurably fast? Mm. Oh, I like it. That is a good theory. That's all, oh, that's all Grant has to say about that. Yeah, he's, yeah good. Grant, Grant is a wise leader. He's a charismatic leader. He's not a smart leader. <laughs> He's a muscular Adonis leader, is what we've just learned. Yeah, yeah. He is an eloquent leader. He is, he is a wise leader. He is not a smart leader. He does not speak hobgoblin. <laughs> he purely assumes that they are talking about how well he is killing them. <laughs> cool. I mean, it's uh, probably what I would say in the moment. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm down to cross that South River if we want, or the South okay. Bridge. Bridge sounds honestly like a better option than me attempting to haul or throw three carts across 12 miles. And I, I'm not swimming a 12 mile river, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> I mean, are it sounds we, like a big fun to try. Are we going to be okay with splitting up from the caravan for that long? Because that is, that is going to be a long split from the caravan. The caravan is still deciding which direction it's going to go. Um, most of the Exploratorium students actually would prefer to travel across a bridge. Yeah. They they are um, they are more willing to follow you guys and and make your way across a bridge than they are to um, Wildlanders are great. They're great guides, but they do things the Wildlander way. And the idea that um, somebody cannot swim 12 miles across a raging river is weird and dumb. And uh, I'm not really under, not really understanding what the problem here is. I mean, also, they're students on an expedition. They've got a budget to stick to. And I'm not sure if that many water walking scrolls are in the budget. Right. So so Wyatt seems to believe that it's possible, but you also you guys do know every decision Wyatt has made has been in favor of going faster. Got it. So he he is trying to speed run the Oregon Trail here. Although I'm wondering if that means that he wants to cross the North Bridge instead of crossing the South Bridge. Just because if we're going up towards Tower Twelve. And that's the North Bridge. Clovic North is closest. So I've been looking at the two maps. Um, pretty much, um, if we wanted to go the North Bridge, it would be the best to go to Four Point Farms and just go straight west from there, and that would bring us pretty much to that North Bridge. If we wanted to get to the South Bridge, we'd 
probably want to go almost all the way down to like Viren Regard, um, a place that I know so much of with my natural foreign history, um, and then from there head west to the southern bridge. So I feel like if we, I feel like we could split the difference and go four point farms because if we went all the way down to Viren Regard or in that area, I think we'd be pulling the Wildlanders way off. Yeah. And then they would just think we're wusses. And, and I'm not a wuss, I'm a big bird. I think I think Four Point Farms, north, and then once we're there... Because, Talroth, your sword was maybe in between the big crater and the north bridge, right? That's what you said, Soroid? Because if, if that's the case, then we cross the north bridge do our own thing for a minute, split up south, take a two or three week sabbatical, then meet up with them again after we go to Oluroon's mountains. Yeah, it seems like we're all in agreement that probably crossing a bridge might be at least the uh, safest and sanest route for the majority of us. But I think it's just convincing uh, Mrs. Skullcleaver here that, well, we're wimps. I mean, Actually, if she wants, if she wants to cross the river, go. Yeah, what? It's not convincing him that we're wimps. If there's anything I learned from my family, it's about how to twist words. <laughs> Instead of convincing him that we're wimps, we need to convince him that what Olaroon has to do is such a matter of pride, honor, courage, and dignity that we need to take a moment and go that way. It's literally a matter of manhood and legendary capacity. Oh, so kind of like the three kegs at that one bar we did back east. Gotcha. Yes. (laughs) I like it. Because my suggestion was just going to let it be to let him ford the river about two miles south of us at whichever river, whichever bridge we crossed so that we were kind of going at the same way. Just he did rivers and we did rivers. <laughs> just so he felt good about himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like the honor thing. That one's good. Exactly. His people, from what I'm understanding, it is all about that that honor, that coming of age. And if we show him that this would be Olaroon's honor and manhood at stake and coming of age, he might be willing to just go with us. If not anything, view it with us so that he can celebrate in Olaroon's honor. All right. Now we just got to tell him. Yep. <laughs> Saride. Yes? Would you like to come with me and maybe try to see if we can talk Mr. Skull Cleaver into taking this detour for Olaroon's honor? Uh, no, and I'll tell you for why. Because neither of us are Olaroon. And nothing says manhood and honor like sending two women to do your talking for you. Why don't we have Mr. Oakenblade make his argument that aren't we going to find your family swords as well? Aren't they sort of in that direction too? And yes, I realize what I'm saying. We're sending Talroth in. 
to do a man's job, but you know. <laughs> I was going to say you're sending Tauroth to do negotiations. That's she'll, different. She'll slip into Sylvan. For the love of heaven, man, just pretend like you have stones on her and that you actually care about the rest of us and put on a good face. Sirach's just thinking to himself, that's a hell of a way to talk to your lover. (laughs) (laughs) We lost Meg. (laughs) We lost Meg. There's a... Someday we'll do a counter of how many times we've lost Meg. Um, As you guys are traveling, can I have your passive perceptions, please? Uh, 15. 18. 11. 18. I guess it's sexually transmitted. <laughs> uh, Clever Stitch, what was yours? 12. 12. Uh, Sirach? 15. And 12 for Treasure? 11. 11. Okay. Good to know. You guys have a few days as you are preparing your arguments for for which direction to go. You're having these discussions. You're looking at these maps sort of every day, every night as you are traveling along. Um, you've set up watches around the camps. And every evening you take your walks, uh, each among them. Somebody roll me a d10, please. That's a four. Four. Okay. Sounds good. As you guys are traveling out across the grasslands, you come across on the fourth day um, in the afternoon, in the heat of the day, you're midsummer at this point. Um, it is the remains of a wagon. And you can see at first the smolders of, of the fires in the early morning, but small wisps of them probably had burned through the night. And... As you guys are approaching, the call comes up from the front to let you know that they they have seen something. And while the rest of your party remains in the back to guard the rear of the caravan, you guys stretch out ahead to um, serve as sort of a vanguard for for the group. Um, are you guys walking, or would you like to take one of the carts to carry you guys up front? I'd prefer to walk. Okay. So they slow down a little bit. You guys, you guys are hoofing it. Um, I mean, you're you're not. It's half a mile, maybe quarter of a mile ahead. Not very far. Um, far enough for them to be safe. As you guys are approaching, um, ooh, the road is wide enough for three of you. Actually, it's wide enough for four of you to travel across. But what sort of formation or lineup would you guys like to be 
um, like to be moving in. I'll be in the back. Okay. So that I can cover our rear if anything gets behind us and I have a bow. Okay. I'll travel in be... front. Oh, sorry. I, I was going to say I'll travel towards the front just in case something decides to come from the front. It's going to probably have to go through me or hit me first. Yeah. I'll be uh, flying about 10 feet up just so I could get a... Uh... See if anything's coming from either side. Okay. Just so I could get like a quick, I could get a quick beat on something and see. Tower off. Yeah, I'll right. probably. Yeah, I'll be walking up with treasure. Okay. The ride in the middle. Okay. As you guys are are walking up, Tower off and treasure. And Sorak, because you are flying up a, up overhead, you guys are sort of towards the front. You can see the caravan was about three wagons. Um, farm made, um, sturdy enough. Looks like they were carrying... Um, you don't see any goods. All of the wagons are broken, overturned. Um, there is sort of the remains of, of the smoldering um, heat. You can see a little glow in the embers of, of the cart. These have burned mostly throughout the night. Dense hardwood. And they're thrown off of the road. Um, off the road, not far, about five feet off. It looks like they have been tipped over. Uh, you guys can see the remains, uh, the bloody remains of horses, of um, humans, and a couple of halflings. Looks like they were the um, owners of these caravans. The bodies have been stripped, um, and some of the their their backs have been uh, flayed off. And you're saying this at about hundred feet um, as you guys are making your way closer. Um, when you get within about 80 feet, Tauroth, you notice a, a bit of movement beneath the carts. Uh, the one that's closest to you. You see something sort of shifting in the shadow. There's this slight um, grumble of gravel beneath your uh, beneath the along the road. Uh, you guys are about sixty feet away at this point. What would you like? Yeah, to before do? we get that close, I'm gonna kind of nudge treasure, just kind of. Quick little elbow, say, get ready. Okay. She's going to draw her sword and just stay at attention. Okay. Sorok, what's you? I'm going to cast Detect Portal. Oh. <laughs> okay. How, how? What is the range in that? 
Closest planar portal within one mile. Roll me a percentile. It's... Ooh. Ooh I got a ten. You do not detect any planar portals within a mile. All right. They are of this plane, whatever's in there. So as you guys have drawn your weapons and you begin to cautiously approach, um, you can see shifting as you guys get closer. Uh, I think the only person that doesn't see it is Treasure and Clever Stitch, but you've been told, so you guys are aware. Um, yeah, everybody else is like, yeah, there's there's definitely something under there. And you're like, where? What's that? Down I there. I can't see anything. Um, where? So, I can't see. There, so, diagonally. To rock because you are um, flying. You, you cannot see them either, uh, to be fair. Because <laughs> they're undercover for you. Uh, but Tauroth and Saride, you get the good, the first good look, and you see this long, uh, sort of dog-like snout and gray skin. Uh, it's it's flecked in orange and black. Reminds you very much of a hyena. And um, I'd like everybody to flip for initiative. Devil dogs? Is it devil dogs? It's I was about to say, is it more devil dogs? She's <laughs> hearing Kill Bill sirens. <laughs> Clever Stitch doesn't know why, but his fur starts standing up because there's a dog present. That's, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> are dogs? Are there dogs? All right. One of, one of these days, one of these dogs is going to have lycanthropy. Yep. Jack. Uh, bad guys are on a Jack. Um, who is up first? Guess me. Clever Stitch. Um, um, you do not see the movement. I'm going to say that you guys are at 40 feet away um, as you, you've been kind of inching closer and it looks like they were just about to like toss the cart and attack um, and, and you guys are aware of them. So everybody knows where okay. everybody is. You're about 40 feet away. Um, those of you that are at the closest are 35. That That's sort of the spread there. Um, Stitch, what would you like to do? They have at least three quarters cover from you. Uh, I believe you're a sharpshooter, so you can still attempt to shoot one of them if you would like. Um, so. And I, let's see. Yes, I ignore half cover and three quarters cover. Okay. Um, so I will attack... And sorry, remind me of the party order. It's Treasure and Talroth, Saride, Sirak. Put me? Yep. Okay. Um, I will... And how many of them are there? You don't... That you don't know. You you, ah. you know that there are... Um, you've seen at least movement, and you can... You see enough of one to target it. Um, it's a little bit... Got it. If you were using a gun, I'd call it a spray and pray. It's not, but... Um, <laughs> sure. Right, okay. but, um, um, then but you do I not will... know their total numbers. Gotcha. Then I will go ahead and just shoot one um, twice 
using sharpshooter for both. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so a bow and go. Yes, bow and- absolutely. Uh, I like that. That's, That's brilliant. That's a bow and go. Um, okay. Uh, does a 17 hit? It does, yeah. So, so the twang of the bow releases, the arrow goes whipping out. I'm going to say it almost like skids off the, off the, the ground uh, up into, and you guys hear this <laughs> sort of whimper. Um, then I will, and then the second one was a modified 20. That'll hit as well. Again, a similar sort of... <laughs> I believe that's 36 points of damage total. Wow, 36 points of damage. Let me double check. Yes, plus 10 damage, so 14, 18, plus 14 is 32, plus, yes, 34 points of damage. 34, okay, nice. Um, that's it. Clever Stitcher, and you're staying where you're at, you're not moving any closer, or? I will move up. Ten feet. Okay, so so you get kind of in line with Tauroth and and Treasure, um, yeah. As you do, then uh, who is up next? Uh, next next it the was the bad dogs. guys. Thank you, bad guys. So the cart, uh, the cart comes tipping off and over, and you guys see uh, in there these five hyena-like uh, creatures. You guys would recognize them to be gnolls. Most of them only have one eye. Um, they all seem to have religiously uh, or ceremonially removed it or, or tore it out. Um, they stand and uh, come rampage charging uh, at you guys, um, they get a, uh, a burst of speed for their attempted ambush. They're going to make it uh, to the front lines with with you guys. One of them has two arrows sticking up out of its shoulder like this, where it had been down uh, dog style. And that one's going to come running for Clever Stitch. As it does, it's going to break the, the arrows off uh, from from its shoulder, and um, they don't wield any weapons. It's just bites and claws. Um, you can tell that these guys they are um, they are how to put it. They're feral, but not they're feral by choice. It's sort of like a barbarian rage. Like they are huh. they fight by by pure ferocity. Um, so that is gonna that is gonna come uh, the first one at clever stitch three attacks uh, two claws one bite um, they come leaping up in there seventeen is the lowest yeah all right those will hit, those will all hit. Um, so for the two claws you are going to take. 12 points of slashing damage, and then with his claws around you, this hyena jaw sort of snaps open and then comes clamping down on your feline forearm. Uh, I need you to make a constitution saving throw, please. Okay, okay. And was that 12 total or 12 E? 12 total. 12 total. Ah, uh, thank God. Fuck. <laughs> um, let's see. Con save. That is a 21. 
you you absolutely do save. You can see uh, in sort of the soft part of its jowls and the gums, there's just this, uh, like, it's gross. It's not, it's poison, but um, yeah. but you do resist it. That's another Talk six points of damage for the bite. Total of 18 points of damage. Thank you. Um, one of them is going to attack Tauroth and then Treasure and then um, one more on Clever Stitch and one more one on Saride. Uh, so let's just do these. All right. I'll roll damage all at once. Let me just do the hits because I didn't realize quite how many attacks I was doing. I have uh, a quick question. Yes. Even though my turn has not happened yet, can I sentinel one of these attacks? Um... Yeah, sure. You're not okay. you're not surprised. I'll allow it. Um, okay, Tauroth up first. Um, the two claws will hit. Uh, the bite is going to miss uh, on a nine, so that one will definitely miss. Um, treasure. Uh, the lowest is an eleven, and then a seventeen. Does seventeen hit? So 21 should hit. Yes. Okay. And so that um, 21 is a one claw attack. And Saride. I'm going to choose to sentinel specifically the one that tries to get past me and attack Saride. Okay. Sounds good. So you're, are you, your attack will stop it from moving past you, if I understand? Yep. Okay. So go ahead and make that attack roll. And we'll see if it even gets the chance. 18 plus 7? That'll hit, yeah. Be kind to your healers, boys and girls. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> Thank God I don't roll ones in this house. Mm-hmm. That is going to be 12 damage. Okay. Nicely done. Treasure's massive greatsword just comes swinging across it. Um, it whimpers and sort of reels back. Um, it is going to turn and attack you instead um, the 16 and the 14 miss. The 20, however, does hit. Uh, so that's one bite and one claw that you will take the damage for, um, Treasure. And the last one against Clever Stitch again. Because it actually, Tweety Bird, like, jumps at Ciroc, Um, But it's it's not going to make it, so it just decides to attack the cat instead. That's fair. Um, 15? No. 18? Yeah. Okay, so so one more claw attack on you guys. If you suffered okay. a claw attack, claw attacks are seven points of damage each. Uh, if you suffered a bite attack, you take six points of damage and you need to make a constitution saving throw. With additional damage. I think except for Tower, there was two claws in the bite mist, or? Two claws in the bite mist, yeah. And a con saving throw, right? Correct. 
21. Yep. 12 and better succeed. Okay, that's it for the bad guys. Who's up? It's a ride. It's a ride. So she's going to go full, like, Scarlet Witch in Age of Ultron coming out of the safe house. Uh, Mantle of Inspiration, eight points, everybody. Fuck yeah. If you want to move, you can. Okay. Anybody want to use your reaction to move? Seeing a lot of no's. Okay. Um, sorry. Yeah, I will. Um, I will uh, use it to kind of fly down and um, uh, go side to side with Clever Stitch. Okay. Sounds good. And I'll I'll go around to the other side of them. So now it's kind of we got them in a bit of a pincer. Okay. So you shift around. Uh, you guys come descending down. So ride. And then she's going to um, touch the Wanda magic missile. Mm-hmm. Five of them. Okay. So how do I do this? Uh, <laughs> I don't go for each. So you spend five charges. Um, who are you targeting with them? Oh, no, I don't. Because first level gives me three bolts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Third level gives me five bolts. Correct. Yes. That's three charges. Correct. Um, and I'm sending one to each. Okay, one to each. All right. So you can roll, I think technically you roll 1d4 and apply it to all of them, but you can roll 5d4 if if you want. That's up to you. More dice is usually more fun. That's true. You okay, Sarai? Yeah, it's not letting me roll on this, and I don't have enough fours out, so that's that was irritating me. I'm sorry. Um, okay, hold on. That was three. Ooh, five, five. Okay. Next one. Three. Okay. Four. And one more. It was four. Three. You did five, 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 three, four. Last and one. a three. There a three? Oh, there was a three at the beginning. Got it. Yes. Sorry. Okay. You're good. All good. So, yeah, from the wand, the five, uh, five bolts of force come rapidly out, and they come circling around, impacting into all of these knolls. After Saride... Who's up? It is Tauroth and... Tr- no, I lied. It's Sorak. Sorak. Sorak! Uh, just double-checking something about um, my my multi-attack <laughs> that I have. So when I have the Blades of Halso Rain, I mm-hmm. have the... Um, which one is it? I have the Saber and the Short Sword. Yep. When I have my multi-attack, I use both those with the Saber, and then my extra attack is the short sword, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, your okay. bonus action attack is with Understood. your off-handed short sword. Yep. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure that was right. Um, yep. I am going to pull out the Blades of House of Rain. All right. I am going to... Spells, is that... It is a bonus action. Once before the spell ends. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to cast um, Zephyr Strike. Okay. Which is uh, one of the abilities of the Blades of Household Rain. Mm-hmm. And so now my movement does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And uh, am I within? And I'm within range of the one that is um, that is uh, that um, clever stitch put a bunch of arrows in, right? Yes. Yes, you are. Okay, I'm gonna hit that thing a bunch. So you, I believe you get two attacks because you spent the bonus action casting. Um, yes. Zephyr Strike. Okay. Make your two attacks. Oh, oh, dichotomy, man. Uh, natural one and a natural 18. Okay, natural 18 will definitely hit. Okay, so that's going to be 1d8 plus four. And I'm going to... I only just got it, but I'm going to use it. Uh, once before the spell ends, you can give yourself advantage on one weapon attack and roll on your turn. I'm going to do that for my first one. Okay. The one that missed. Okay, that's uh, 13 plus 7 for a dirty 20. Okay. Okay, so that attack deals an extra D8 force damage on a hit. Um, So that's going to be a 5 plus 7 for... It's uh, 12 plus 4 is going to be 16 force damage. Okay. And then the second attack is going to be 8 regular damage. Okay. Did you add your modifier to the second attack? Yes, it was a four on the dice plus four for the attack. Perfect, just making sure. Okay, that that null is barely holding on. Good. Cool. Okay. Uh, And, and, um... mm, Yeah, sorry. Okay. No movement? You're good? Yeah, no movement. I'm good. I have a question really quick. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what's the terrain that we're in right now? Are we in mountains or is this forest? Uh, you guys are in grasslands, technically. You're so these are grassy knolls. <sighs> oh my god! Yes, they are grassy knolls. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that? <laughs> Honestly, I just hopped on. Oh. All right. Well, good. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, after Sirach, Tauroth, and Treasure, I believe you guys yeah. are next. Yeah, y'all were tied, so I think it's Tauroth first. Tauroth. Uh, yeah, so pretty much I'll just start working my way down the middle, or sorry, down the line. So whichever one's at the end of the line between me and Treasure, I'm just going to spin the blades around try to take a swipe at him. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, that first one's probably going to miss with a 12. 12 does miss. Yeah, armor class of 14 on these guys. Both miss. Oh, all right. Tauroth uh, shifts to the end. Both blades cut out. The uh, Null sort of looks and hops back, barking at him with sort of a, a high-pitched yip. Um, treasure. I bark back at him. <laughs> well done. Good. Um, obviously one is biting me, so the first thing, her reaction is, bad dog! Bad dog! And starts smacking it with the butt of her sword. Okay. It, yeah, we don't have port bottles, so this is gonna have to do. 
Um, so my two attacks. Uh, one is a natural three, so that's only a ten. Not going to hit. Okay. The other is a dirty twenty. That will hit. Okay, thank goodness we don't roll ones. There we go. Oh, yeah. Eleven. Okay. Yeah, that one is close to bloodied at this point. As the first swipe clears over its head, you bring the blade back around, smashing into it. Um, yelps in pain. Uh, next round? Next round. Alright, I believe Talroth is up first on the ace. And then it is the bad guys. And then um, you guys look at your yeah, look at your lineup and, and um, be prepared to take your turn after after the mills. Talroth, what do you get? Yeah, just keeping the momentum going, spinning the blade around on that one that treasure smacked, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna take another couple swipes at him. Okay, go for it. Natural 19 and a natural 3. Nine. The 19 is going to hit, the 3 will not. I should have separated my damage dice ahead of time like a smart person. <laughs> we all have those moments. So 21 damage off that hit. 21 points of damage. Nice. Yes, it is definitely bloody. Another hit like that, it will be out. Um, bad guys are up. So they are going to attack. Clever Stitch. Talroth. Treasure. Uh, Sorak. And treasure again. There we go. I'm going to go ahead and sentinel the one on Ciroc. Okay. All right. He's going to impose this, or you get the attack of opportunity. Yes, I do. Okay. Go for it. That's going to be 14 plus 7, 21. I can math. I swear. You can, and you did. not a ton of damage uh six plus four ten okay nice yeah ten is still a good hit as it turns its back not even its back just slightly its side the scything blade of treasure sort of sweeps up catches it under the arm um all right let's go down the line clever stitch do 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 natural 20 natural three or natural 15, natural 3, natural 20. Do I need the constitution saving throw on the bite, please? The audacity. <laughs> um, that's a... That's a fucking 24. Okay, Fuck yeah. Bite. Absolutely. Fuck your poison. 
Um, so that is seven points of damage on the claw attack. Okay. Uh, and then it is nine points of, excuse me, 12 points of damage on the bite attack. Got it. Okay. Clever Stitch Clever looking, looking rough. Looking bloodied and, and beaten. Um, well, well within. <laughs> up next, Sorak. Fine, they ain't got nothing on me. Um, a 15 is the yeah. highest one. Hey, they ain't got nothing on me. They got nothing on you. Uh, up next, Tauroth. Um, 19 is the lowest one. Okay. So, two bites and a claw. And treasure. Wait, two bites and a claw or two claws and a bite? Sorry. Two claws and a bite. Two claws and a bite. Yep, you're correct. <laughs> I'm... I'm... Okay. I have to take that a picture. That one has two mouths. That, yeah. That's the hellhound. That's, that's what that <laughs> one is. That's the... That's that guy. Okay. I'm, I I want to post it. The first one attacking treasure rolled three 18s. And I have to take a picture because none of you are in the the roll 20. <laughs> uh, I, I will post that at some point. It's ridiculous. Um, so all three of those are going to hit. Yeah. And um and a, another 18 to hit treasure. Treasure's going to take three claws and a bite. Um so everybody that has been hit by a bite that has not um done so yet, please make a constitution saving throw. Twenty-three. Yeah, you're you're good. Eleven. Oh. Tauroth. Just shy. Oh um, buddy. Okay. Every claw attack that you suffer, you take seven points of damage. For every bite attack, uh, you take six points of damage, power off an additional seven points of poison. So seven, seven, six, seven. For yes. two claws, the bite, yes. and the failed yep. con save. All right, I'm going to at least uncanny dodge one of the claws just okay. to reduce that. Well, if you, uh, if you uncanny dodge the bite, I'll give you the poison with it. I will do that. Yeah. So that, that'll take 13 points of damage down to a total of seven. And I got hit by three claws and one bite. So that's Correct. seven, 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 and what? Six. Six. So 27 points of damage total. just want to take this uh, moment really quick to remind uh, those on the cabin that we have healing potions available for stale. Uh, stewardesses will be uh, moving their way down the battlefield. <laughs> but if the healer can't get to you in time, please uh, go ahead and pop one of those tops, because I can only heal one of you a turn, and I am so sorry. What, what healing potions are available? 
They're in the bag. They're in the list. Thank you. I'm okay. I've only just hit bloodied. So, nice. Treasure's gonna look at this like, ah! In the next turn. Um, it's right. You can heal two people a turn. Oh, no, you can't. Can, oh, no, you I can't. That's can two healing spells. That is correct. I I, can, I know my own rules. I can manage <laughs> inspiration and heal. You can. Which I will be doing. Right. <laughs> but. Yes, yes, you are correct. I know my own rules, kids. Thank you. Okay. Um, who's next? Uh, I think that's me. Sorry. You're good. Um. Uh, Actually, I haven't gone yet. No. Oh, no, yeah. No, it's you. It's you. Yeah, it was just the dogs. That's treasure. Okay. Who is quite upset. How dareth. Well, they they dared very hard. They dared indeed, and she's going to kick off her searing smite. Okay. And just screaming back at them backhand one of them with just the flat of her sword. Just like, how dare you? Okay. That's going to be a 19. Hits. And a 12. 12 will miss. Let's see, because for that 19 that is still going to be 46 thanks to Searing Smite. And I think they have to make a con saving roll, if I remember. Okay, constitution saving throw coming up. Natural 20. Okay, so he's not on fire, but he's still going to take that fire. Yes, he will. And that's going to be... twelve. 18 points of damage total. With the searing smite cleaving through him, he falls. Uh, The burning cinders of the fur sort of permeate the air. It's a a thick stench hits your nostrils. Anything else, treasure? Nope, because I I used... Bonus my action for searing smite. Yep. No, it was my bonus action was for searing smite, and I had already used my reaction for sentinel. So okay, I'm good. Okay. Um. Then it is clever stitch. Desmi. Um. Okay. So there's one knoll that looks real shitty that I had shot a few times. Yeah, that um, one is uh, a a boop on the snoot away from being out. Perfect. Then I will, um, he's in melee, so I basically put the arrowhead against him and release. Okay. And I will, because I can fire at will in melee. So, but this one is not sharpshooter, so that's a 21 to hit. That will hit. Mm, That's a d10, not a d8. Um, yeah. 12 points damage. More, more, way more than enough. Absolutely. Good. The, the arrow uh, even pierces sort of through him, sends him flying back when it hits the ground. <clears throat> he's like stuck there, pinned there. Good. And then um, there's another one that I think should be in melee with me. 
Um, um, the one, yes, the one that it was attacking Sorak. Because Sorak yes. went back to back with you. He's melee or melee Perfect. adjacent. He's very close. Yeah. So I will um, begin attacking that man. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and do an arcane shot. Are there two? Yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna do an arcane shot on him. Um, and then probably action surge. Yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna do that in action surge. Okay. So do three it. attacks on that man. All right. Um, an all sharpshooter. So that is a a nineteen, a fourteen, Barely and a hits. twenty-two. All hit. Lit. Um. So that's gonna be one, two, three d eight plus two d six poison plus forty-two. Oh. Yes. Sharpshooter kids, it's where uh, it's at. I'll go, I'll go ahead and tell you, your dice need to show. <laughs> if, if you have, if you show more than ten on the dice, he's out. Yeah. Okay. Plus ten, plus I, I can five, save. I can save you a little math. Kid. He's got fifty-two yep. hit points. You already dealt forty-two of them uh, with three d eight yep. and two d six. If you get above ten. Yep, yep, okay. yep, yep, yep. He did. Yeah, so with three rapid shots, and this one, the, um, the, was it the grasping arrow? It was a grasping arrow, yes. yes. That's, yeah, the vines of that are going to sort of strap him to the, to the floor um, as the brambles of that wrap around him. Good. And then I would like to second wind. Okay. That's a bonus action. Bonus action, second win. <laughs> Thank you. Clever Stage Smart starts moving real fast and then eventually just takes a real deep breath and decides. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, who is up next? It Go for it, Sirak. So there are no more gnolls in front of me and Clever Stitch, correct? None within immediate melee. They're, uh, the ones that have surrounded Treasure and Tauroth are like five feet away. I mean, like you're you're half a step from them. You guys are all sort of clumped up together. You can switch okay. to your bow no problem and take a step back or you can take a step forward and swing with your swords. Um, I know flanking isn't a thing, but I'm going to flank um, one of the gnolls with uh, Tauroth then. Great. Yeah, I, I do surround it. That's, you know. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just, but to give an idea of where it. I want to be. Yeah, you shift around um, to the outside, the one that has been attacking Tauroth specifically. Yeah, uh, I think he's still at full health, that one, right? Uh, he took some damage from the uh, arcane bolt that Saride uh, had put out, but not, not a lot beyond that. Okay, I am going to uh, then drop my Zephyr Strike, and I'm going to cast um, Hunter's Mark on him. Okay. As my bonus action, and then I'm going to do two attacks with the um, Blades of Hassel Rain on him. Okay. Sounds good. 
Um, oh, no, no, you rude dice. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, that will be um, a three and a two. So the highest will be a 10. Does a 10 possibly hit? A 10 misses, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, about that. I'm just going to chirp at him angrily. And, and you do. The, the loud chirps come at the back. He sort of looks over as um, as and and just shifts off to the side as the the blades come come cutting um, past him. Uh, after Sirak, who's up? Talroth? No. Saride. Saride. Oh, it me. Um, it you. It me. She's going to move behind Talroth while she does. Mantle of Inspiration! So everyone gets 8 temp HP. You can move 30 feet if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Anybody oh using your reaction to move? I had already used my reaction to Uncanny Dodge, so okay. I'm planted. Okay. Um, And she's going to roll her eyes. He can't see it, but she oh, fuck's sake. Grab his ponytail and yank. Uh... Cure wounds. Okay. On your stupid wood elf ass. Thirteen. Thirteen. That's a that's a good heal. Could have been better. Alright, that is it for Saride. Bonus action mantle of inspiration. You guys do get the eight temporary hit points and Nobody moved, and then um, cure wounds. Okay, after to ride, it is Balrog. new round. New round, great. Let's do it. Bad guys are on a four. Up top is Matthew on the ace. Just me. Okay. Um, okay. Whichever of the gnolls is now closest to Saride. Okay. Um, because she's behind Tauron. I never know. Yeah. I'm just Yeah. But I I wanna probably behind you guys. Yes. Um whichever one is closest to her, I would Mm -hmm. like to attack it. Okay. Um and the first one will be an arcane shot. Okay. Um both sharpshooter. Oh, bitch. A natural 20 and a 19. Um, So he will... What's our rule on Chris now? So what we're doing now is we're doing um, maximum damage plus a roll. Okay. Or maximum damage plus a condition. Lit. That'll last until the end of their next turn. Got it. And so for things like a beguiling arrow, which adds extra damage, is that also... Max damage plus a roll, or is that just the two d six? So what what I'd like to do for add on damage is um, let's double the dice and just roll okay. roll that. Perfect, um, you got it. Because because there it got a little ridiculous with yep. um, um smiting, which I don't I don't mind. But things that you can add, especially after you've made the attack roll. Sure. Are are things that 
they're meant to be added when you crit. I'm all for that. And I'll double but the dice for the you. Damage. But yeah, maxing, maxing that the damage, damage can do it. On top of it is it can it can be a lot. So I got you. Um, okay, so he's so okay. So for the crit, just because I need to get my brain to make sense. It's nine plus sixteen plus fourteen. So 23 piercing damage. Okay, nice. And, and 16 psychic damage. And then if another 19 points of damage does not kill him from the second shot, I need him to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. DC 13. He is barely alive on the wisdom saving throw. That's fine. Uh, fail. Seven. Perfect. Nine. Then he is, as the arrow, uh, as some purplish energy encompasses the arrow as it stabs into him, you see his eyes slightly flash that color. Mm -hmm. And he is now charmed by Saride. And he is not allowed to attack her unless she attacks him first. Ooh. All right. He's been beguiled. That's so all I got. Nicely so done. Um, after clever stitch, who's up? Oh shit. Uh, what were the bad guys on? A four. Uh, so uh, it is, is Tauroth. Yes, Tauroth. Yep. This has not been my day. I get slapped by the knoll, I get bit by the knoll, I get my hair pulled. What in the hell is going on today? Mm -hmm. And I'm just gonna spin around two more times and just take the last two swipes at the closest one. Okay. Okay, better. That's a 16 and a 19. Okay, yeah, Tauroth, you attack the one that that had just been chewing on you. Um, Both of those will hit. And I still have, like, uh, treasure and everybody around this guy, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You you can absolutely sneak attack, yeah. His focus had just shifted over to watching uh, Clever Stitch uh, pincushion his buddy. So you slip in and deal. Yeah, it's a total 17 damage from both hits. 17 damage. Nicely done. And as I'm hitting him, like, I'm just screaming, bad dog, as I hit. Okay. Um, <laughs> after Tauroth, it is... Turok? Turok is ready. Turok uh, will be... Um... Uh, hitting uh, the one between him and Tauroth. Okay. Okay, so uh, that first hit is a 17, and the second hit is a 17. So that's two 17s on the dice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 224th. Okay, the first one is going to be... Uh, 7 plus 5 for 12 plus 4 for 16 damage. 
Okay. The second one is going to... Oh, there we go. Uh, 7 plus 6 for 13 plus 4 for 17 damage. Okay. And then I'll make my offhanded attack, which is an 18 on the dice. Which is going to be 4 plus 3 for another 7 damage. Nice. So with the three strikes rapidly cutting into the knoll, he and his friend are both barely alive. Um, up next, we have... Treasure? Uh, what's your what's your Sarah. dex? Right. Oh, I no, you just think it is just a solid 10. Let me double check. Okay. Yep, solid 10. Okay, then the bad guys get a turn. Before they are dropped, um, we're going to split attacks. Um, we're going to do. I have six attacks with three people, so two, two, and two. She's going to sentinel one of them. Okay, sounds good. That's going to be a dirty 20. That will hit. Thirteen damage. Thirteen damage is going to take that guy out. Uh, Does he still get his attacks? That is a good question. Hmm. I think he gets at least one, because in order for Sentinel to go off, he has to hit somebody. Okay, so he... Let's roll those then, and then we will see. So, um, two attacks against Tauroth, and then one against Serac, because um, that's the guy you'd have to be going. First one is a 15, Tauroth. Okay, so then he will hit with a claw on a modified 20, um, and then Ciroc- he will miss Serac, because he will be down on that. So that is seven points of damage, Tauroth. And then um, two attacks on Treasure, one bite at Rock. But the bite misses, you said. Uh, actually, it does. Natural six plus five for 11. But yeah. uh, 22 and 15. So I think only the claw will hit um, Treasure. For seven points of damage. And then it is your turn, Treasure. She's going to take a deep breath and a second win. Okay. I rolled a 10, so that gives her 16 back. Nice. Just to add salt in the wound to this guy's face. Mm hmm. And then she's going to whip around and beat him twice with a sword. She is over him. Okay. So one is a 15 and the other is a 17. Both hit. You only need one. Both hit? Yeah, that, that's showtime, girl. I already know. Okay. I'll tell you. It's got, it's got four hit points. Your modifier oh. and lack of ones, that's, that's showtime. You, you are welcome to roll the dice for your own... 
joy, and I don't want to rob you of that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, he he ain't living. Uh, well, he took seventeen damage off of that. Seventeen damage, so- nice. Uh, yeah. So so so, tell us about it. She just takes this deep breath kind of snorts out some of the smoke and fire from that searing smite before Mm -hmm. shifts the sword into a new position and just cleaves as hard as she can into him Mm. flips it to the other side and backhands him with the other side of the sword yeah I duck duck. (laughs) (laughs) the the body blow has him crippling over and then as the blade catches him across his head. He sort of goes horizontal in the air and, and lifted off of his feet until he just thumps uh, onto the onto the gravel road um, scattering out across across the way. Nicely done, guys. Is everyone okay? Ish? I'm I'm not, but that's nothing that a um, uh, quick breather won't fix. Sarai, are you alright? Yes, actually, I, I, for once I didn't get hit. Thank you. That's always good. Sorok? Oh, uh, finish a fiddle over here, actually. I, I mean, I, I still feel great from Sarai's inspiration that she gave us out. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, it's pretty clutch. And she looks back to like students, regular part, regular people, anybody else that might be having a panic attack currently. Nobody back there is having a panic attack. As as you are looking, um, as you are looking at them, you do see a few um, bolts of arcane air energy and like firebolts that are that are being shot off of off of the side no you can see that there um there's a little more to this ambush than just the the wagon um but once the leaders here um were disposed of once this group is disposed of you can actually see some of the gnolls fleeing into um into the north, uh, the northern side of the road. There, the high grasses are filled with also sort of wild, um, not necessarily wild, but like this is the beginnings of um, near farmlands. It's not quite as rich or organized as, as um, four point farms, but there is a lot of high grass, of hay, and of. Um, Um, just I want to say it's sort of like corn or maize or really tall stalky things let's go with that um, enough to give them enough to give them some cover um, you can see a, a little bit of the grass is smoldering it looks like you can see where the gnolls had um, leapt out to attack the caravan and they were repelled between the Wildlanders and the magic of, of the students and your other teammates, you know. Um, they were also attacking out of position. 
the hope was that the whole caravan would come closer to this wagon. So they sort of gave up the fight pretty quick. Uh, as you are looking around the carts and um, the last people that they had ambushed, we, you guys can make investigation checks if you'd like to, to sort of dig through and find some information. Or if you're prepared to move on, you're welcome to move on. A 13 for the investigation. Okay. 19. Six. 17. Six. 14. Okay, you guys take uh, you take about 10-15 minutes you, you dig around the bodies both the null bodies and the um, human and halfling bodies which you guys were um, that had stopped by you guys are about four days outside of Trubluff and Mm, looks like two, three, four, five, six days from from Four Point Farms. And to the northern side, there is a outcropping of hills. Um, if you guys check the map. In the it seems that these humans and halflings had been traveling from Four Point. Um, you can tell that they are hardier folk. Um, either strong farmhands or people that they thought would be able to defend themselves. None of them seem um, soft, city-like, or um, not capable of, of at least wielding a weapon. All of their hands are calloused. Um, their sun, their skin is is suntanned. What skin remains of them? It looks as though the gnolls had had not only flayed them, but also begun eating them at, at different um, different rates and intervals. The wagons, you see remnants of what had been um, food stuff, mostly. Um, you suspect some, some meat goods, um, most likely animals, like farm animals from slaughter, as well as... Um, grown fruits and vegetables. Looks like they were on their way to Trubluff. You don't find any weapons. Those have been already removed, as have any of the clothes, although there are still some scraps enough, and the wagons are branded for um, for Four Point, four point Farms. Um, the Knolls you can tell, all have a shared um, emblem on them. Uh, they look relatively organized, um, which is not completely unheard of for gnolls, but it, it does require a strong um, leader. Usually a leader of... You guys can make me... history or religion checks? I'll take either one. Eleven on the history. Fifteen. 
14 on history. 15 history. For my locals, Clever Stitch and Tauroth, you guys know that gnolls are actually an organized gnoll clan of any size is actually very rare in in Lickdrocht. Um, they have been smaller gatherings of them, like small tribes, maybe a family or so, have supported different um, hobgoblin tribes and entities th- throughout history, but none of them have um, grown to any great size within Tauroth for you, because you rolled a little better. Um, maybe like two elven generations. Um, gnolls have never had a myth. Uh, they've never had uh, somebody strong enough. They And you also know that gnolls are made and, and greatly dedicated to um, uh, Yenogu Y-E-E-N-O-G-H-U at least that's a name that you, Tauroth, know. You don't know much about it, because you're from Lickdrocht, and here in Lickdrocht, that doesn't exist. Um, treasure, you, I'll come back to in just a moment, um, Saride, you know some general information about, um, about gnolls. Gnolls are usually hyenas or, or other monstrous entities that are sort of given a wild sentience by a demon prince of the abyss. The demon prince's name is the aforementioned, yeah, Yenagru. Yenho-ho. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, demon princes skirt the edge of, of religion, they have many cultish followers, as as do uh, the the dukes and lords of hell. They are not true deities, but they do draw power from faith um, in in some way. So it is it makes sense that they would be weaker here in Lickdrocht, a place where the power of, of that faith and belief is put into people, items, and, and myths and legends. Um, Treasure, you're familiar with with that basic outline as well. Um, although I will tell you that about um, hmm, about eighty years ago, ninety years ago, there was a um, there was a massive knoll army um, that had been uh, repelled. And, and decimated out of a, a small port town in the Arcadian Straits um, about 80, 90 years ago. Um, it was just before the Imperial Revolution. Of, uh, yeah, the revolution of, of the Black Gem. Yeah, it, it, um, it is the town of Willen. We fought gnolls? Yeah. Yes, we did. It, there was a giant a giant group of them that kind of had to cross. Oh! Yep, 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 yep. 
Boom. Mm-hmm. From the from that stupid forest. Yes, because I wasn't there for any of those. That uh-huh, was, yes. That was the last uh, massive gathering of gnolls that any of you are aware hmm. of. Hmm. There is not much, um, there are not many goods that are worth salvaging or stealing. Uh, stealing. Hmm. Recovering. You could maybe get a couple of, like, wagon parts, maybe an axle. Um, but a lot of this wood is burnt. Um, those would be, like, the metal parts, right? You could get, you could get the rim of a wheel, some small pieces like that, if you want to take about an hour to salvage that stuff. It's up to you guys. While people are searching, she's going to, as casually as possible, sort of bump into Tauroth and heal him up a little more. Okay. I would, I would like to ride on one of the carts so that I can just kind of rest okay. for an hour as we leave. <laughs> Absolutely. If he's resting for an hour, then I'm just going to be ass over tea kettle into this thing, trying to rip out some of those parts that we can use. If we if we also want to stay and take parts, I'm down. I just meant at least while we're traveling for the first hour, I'm taking a cat nap on a fucking cart. Yeah, you guys okay. can. <laughs> you have enough team members to drive. You guys can short rest while while you are traveling. Yeah. You can also take no, nobody you guys, nobody in the caravan's like, let me rephrase nobody except for Wyatt in the <laughs> caravan is is like we can't stop to pull an axle off this car, we gotta go right? Like everybody's <laughs> like, yeah man you guys just got bit by stuff, go ahead, take take an axle if you want it, do do what you gotta do, We'll we'll travel an extra hour we can all break and have a little a little tea time here. Let's let's do that. Okay. Um, I actually would like to take a ten minute break as well. Um, so sure. we're gonna take a ten. We're gonna be back at uh, ten o'clock. Um, so thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you guys in just a couple of minutes. But until then, stay tuned. Good evening and welcome back, everybody. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone. With me tonight, we have... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, there's Matthew. Matthew's back now. I had to do the up and down thing. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, go away. Go. I'm Matthew, and I'm playing Clever Stitch, the Tabaxi uh, Arcane Archer. I'm Meg. I'm playing Sorridlander, the Eldrin Glamourbard. I'm Eric, and I'm playing Sorak, the Horizon Walker Arakaka Ranger. Howdy, y'all. This is Mars. I'll be playing Talroth Oakenblade, the Unlucky Scout. And I'm Kez, and I'm playing Treasure, the Tiefling Fighter. All right. Before the break, you guys had just fought off a uh, Null ambush. Um, Interesting for this for this area for this time of year, uh, not even year, just world for this place. Um, you guys were preparing to continue to press on. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to do so in the meantime? 
We did short rest. You did? Just as a point of bookkeeping. And um, song of resting, if any... Oh, oh shit. Lit. needs to. Yes, so, please. <laughs> what does song of rest do again? She rolls a d8, or a d... It might be a d8 at this level. I think it might be your inspiration die. Uh, just a six. And then we add that to our total hit points gained. It might be under features and traits, or under... Yeah, that's where I'm at. Hold on. Sorry. Oh, it's just a d6. I apologize. Roll. That's good. I'm four short, so... Do good. Two! <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's just distracted. Just had to spite me. Yes. <laughs> she was distracted, so you're fine. No. Yeah, it is odd to me that Song of Rest does not improve at the same rate as the Bardic Inspiration. Or um, just ever, right? No. I don't know if it ever... I, I have the chart up now. It's at level 9, it becomes a D8. Yeah. So it, it's 7 I, levels for it to go from a 6 to an 8. And then it's four levels to go to a ten. And then And then it's a D twenty, right? And then four levels to go to a twelve. No, it never hits. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's theoretically because the way that Wizards makes their pre written campaigns that they expect you to do like two or three short rests a day. And then so they don't want you just for free gaining like maybe 18 to, to like fucking 36 hit points for free but at the same time what who does that council think they had this feature and they're like there's a lot of dead levels in the in the bard let's just stick those in in Congress. yes yes there are Nope. Welcome to spellcasting, where your dead level is really just gaining a new level of spell. Yeah. And that's the only thing you get. Oh, girl. This is this testing <laughs> me. Lord, that doesn't exist in Ligdrock is testing me. The tester. That's what he is here. Yeah. He's the tester capital with capital T. T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a magical stethoscope that you can find. Yes. <laughs> that is his emblem. And or a Scantron sheet. <laughs> he has a magical eraser that'll actually erase marks you've made on the sheet. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else can see them, but you see them because you know. You know what you yeah. did. That's divine intervention. And then if it, <laughs> works, it goes in the right way, and if you don't roll enough for divine intervention to work, then you have then you put it in the scantron upside down. And you Brita the test? I mean yeah, if Brita means to do it awesome. <laughs> um so you guys continue along along your path. You have n- nothing else attacks you into the night. Um and you take your watches and you continue to, to press forward. But as you guys are traveling, you do occasionally see um, other spots along the road where not necessarily there are still carts, 
but like the remnants of carts are sort of starting to be overgrown by by the great grass um different vegetation you can see those of you that are skilled trackers or have um a bit of investigation ability to you guys um you can tell that there are also different ambush spots uh all all along this road um You continue for another four days as you guys are traveling. You have come to the point where the road begins to diverge um, north to the western crossroads or continuing west uh, to Four Point Farms, the first stretch of Four Point Farms. Um, I believe you guys have decided to continue west. Okay. And and so you do. As you continue west for the following um, few days, the weather, you're hit by some summer showers. Um, did you guys buy covers for your other two wagons? or? No, we did not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you continue to get wet um but you are go ahead i i would i would like to be in a covered wagon please <laughs> <laughs> i will go gu- i will guard our um our equipment and goods from the rain along with the cover Sarai'd sitting in the back of one of the uncovered ones, just, like, playing in the rain. Like, the parade isn't downed. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have to play sad songs so that nobody knows if it's tears or rain. It's the perfect opportunity. It's it's all of Rolanda Del Rey covers, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just summertime sadness on repeat for about 17 miles. (laughs) If we're not crying because of the song, we're crying because we're really tired of it by the end of it, so. (laughs) Clever Stitch, as you attempt to hide in the covered wagon um, to guard the things, Screamers would like to remind you that this is Screamers' job and Screamers' kingdom. But what if I told you that, um... It's extra dangerous outside right now, and I would like to be your underling for the next... until it stops thundering. Screamers accepts you as an underling until the time of our 30-day review. <laughs> However, <clears throat> Screamers would like to remind you that licking yourself is an unacceptable way to bathe, and you should clean yourself appropriately. I will take that into consideration on note today. All right. You may guard this. And he'll, yes. he'll like, point you in a direction. I will sit on it. <laughs> ah. Guard it with my life. If he fits, he sits. He sits. <laughs> Indeed. Um. 
as you guys begin to uh, stretch out and travel the days beyond um, beyond the split in the break, the signs and evidence of null attacks begins to fall away. There are still some signs of, of like scuffles and battles, um, some skirmishes. Battles is is too great of a description. For, for what is happening. But um, you can definitely tell that the gnolls live in and among those hills. And um, this is a bit far for them to attack directly. But when you get within about two days outside the nearest point of Four Point Farms, you begin to see some evidence of, of something else. And it's a bit odd. It looks as though there have been um, some of these outer fields where there have been um, trees and, and things like that. You'll occasionally find felled trees and um, large patches of, of grass that have been overturned almost almost tilled or um, or twisted but um, it looks as though th there's just large areas that have been disturbed and you can see sort of these massive like gopher holes almost um, yeah uh, and and at first you were like well that that's a little odd uh, but after the after the split in the road, you see a little bit of them. It's on that second day after the split, and you're about a day and a half, two days from from four point that you start to see these a little more frequently, and uh, they begin to catch your attention. Um, are you guys ignoring them completely? You're just staying on the road. What would you? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna ask if I could try like a nature check to figure out what that was or what could have caused that. Yeah, uh, let's start with a nature check, please. I believe in you. Well, well nature or survival? Just a, um, so I do the right one. Let's do nature. If you want to start like tracking or digging into it, then we'll do survival. But for just pure knowledge, uh, nature, please. All right. And I heard Sarai, so that's a D8. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Seventeen total. Okay. Sorry, had to sneeze. But yeah, nature seventeen total. Okay. So apologies. As you guys are looking at them, these are things that dig underground like this. There are usually some rodent creatures that are natural. Um, Wolverines, muskrats, uh, meerkats, things along those lines create underground burrows, gophers. The size of it uh, precludes any of those 
any of those things. Um, these are big enough for like a horse or a rhino um, to sort of come through. Even if they were perhaps dire um, creatures, um, that would... Uh, it might account for, for the size, but even then, it's a little too much, right? Um, if you want to get closer to the, to the, the disrupted earth and things like that, make a survival check, see if you can gather some information that way about it, you are welcome to do so. But pure, it, if, um, if you were looking for something in nature that did this, a, like a dire bat, badger, dire gopher, dire. I don't even know if they if they these animals come in dyers, but uh, if they it's did. Bullet, Cody. Huh? It's pronounced bullet. <laughs> it is pronounced bullet. There's one L and two T's. Bullet. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go ahead. Make your make your survival check. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, just in case something happens to be living in one of those holes, I'm gonna kind of sneak up on it just to be safe. Okay. Sorry, were we all doing survival checks, or was it just uh, Tauroth? Just Tauroth right now. My apologies. Okay. All right, so twenty six on the stealth, just to kind of yeah. be careful. Okay. And. 23 on the survival okay um yeah i will i will say that between you and and saride the idea that these are um disruptions caused by bullets are abs or you might know them as land sharks um here in lick dropped that is that is a a better sort of name of them um there seems to be nothing living immediately where you're at. Um, you guys can see that there is like a um, like a fruit tree, um, some place that that's has like um, walnuts um, that almost positive walnuts grow on a tree. Yeah, they do. Yeah, great. Okay, good. I actually think my parents have some of those in their in their front yard. Um, that's the, and they're, they're pretty big trees. That's, um, there's a couple of those trees that had been felled. And as you are approaching them, Tauroth, and you're, and you're looking over them, you don't see evidence of, of any bullets within the immediate area. But you do see, with your, with your very good survival skill, you can sort of see where some small, either children or halflings or gnomes, perhaps, had had come out here to to collect um, walnuts either off the tree or, or from down and around it, and it looks like you can as you look at the tree, looks like they had um, probably scurried up it to um, get away and from from the attacking bullets, and then the bullets um, uprooted the trees to to eat them. If I find any evidence of bodies in there, especially little ones, I am 
not going to tell the group. There are the full details. So there are. You, you see small tracks. You do not find small bodies. You suspect that they were eaten, if not whole, then um, taken back underground um, to to be devoured later. Um, but bullets are very strong leapers, and they they probably felled the trees to claim them. Yeah, I'll sneak my way back and let everybody know. Uh, so, uh, got a bit of good news, got a bit of bad news. What you want first? Neither. <laughs> What's I don't, the bad news? I don't, not, I don't like this. Well, the bad news, uh, yeah, it kind of looks like we got some land sharks in the area. We might want to watch where we step. And what's the good news? Well, they don't seem to be around right now, so we might be okay for now. Eh? Uh. Oh, come on. At least it's better than just saying that we got like four right behind us and we got to book it right now. I mean, that's fair. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Can I do a can I do a nature on what I might know about land shark? Yeah, go for it. I'll take nature or I'll take our 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 canna. Our king. That one. Okay. A B uh that's a twenty-one. Ba -ba -ba Thank you. Yeah, twenty-one arcana. You know a few things about bullets. One, um, they are monstrosities. They were created by by mages in a lab by mixing snapping turtles, armadillos, demon blood, and meanness. Um, <laughs> you know what? That's fucking fair. Sugar, spice, and everything nice. And a little bit of chemical X. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, bullets are <clears throat> bullets are carnivorous um, so anytime that you've seen them they've probably been hunting people or game they prefer humanoid flesh uh, because they were originally the you're looking, you're, these bullets are probably born. These bullets were probably not made. At least that's that would have been your initial thought. Here's the mm -hmm. odd thing about these bullets in particular. Bullets usually hunt um, about a 30-mile area around their nest. You've seen these, these bullets stretch beyond a little beyond that because you started seeing them about a day ago so oh. um so something or someone is driving them to hunt outside of their normal comfort zone 
All right. Um, well, I have some even worse news. There's probably something worse than land sharks, and I don't know what that is. Eh. <laughs> yeah, bullets usually operate alone um, if they're wild bullets. And bullets usually avoid other bullets unless they have a. a you've never. No one's ever seen young bullets. Um, bullets only really come together. Uh, to mate. Got it. Um, the times that they are seen in any numbers greater than one, um, they are uh, motivated by something else to do so. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that either there's something that has somehow gained control of these land sharks, or... There's something big and scary that is scaring them away from wherever they would normally reside. So, be prepared for more than one, which is abnormal in and of itself. One of them is terrible enough. They can eat a cat whole. Um, two of them is even worse. So, keep an eye out. Like like a normal-sized cat? or like, nope, a, like a me cat. cat. Like a me cat. Okay. Yep. They are terrible, god-awful monstrosities. Sharks are scary enough. Land sharks are even worse. Can I do... I don't know. Fucked up fey nonsense check to see if I've ever heard of someone, like, because I know we're not near the menagerie. Does this sound like something that, I don't know, someone would try like would try hurting them um what's your intelligence modifier plus two okay are you like are you trained in uh history or arcane arcana arcane both both. okay you don't need to roll i can tell you um bullets would not be something somebody would try to keep um not for the sanctuary. Um, they're not. They don't originate in the Feywild, so there's there's no reason that they would attempt to create some sort of like sanctuary for them in that respect. Um, if somebody is controlling them, it is for uh, a like extended magical um, purpose. Uh, so you. You don't suspect that they were, they're like, um, it seems to be an active plot. If not, the bullets would, would have separated and gone different ways. I would like to go find Wyatt. Okay. Yeah, you, you. Wyatt is nearby. He's um, he's watching them. He's one of the few members of the Exploratorium that's on the ground. Everybody else, when sort of heard the word bullet, and we're like, nope, we're gonna we're gonna tremors our way up onto onto a <laughs> cart. 
I am going to specifically keep an eye on Screepers and see what he does. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Watch the canary. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure Wyatt knows what's going on. Um, also, Master Wise, um, do you perhaps want me to start the game? As soon as the pieces have been formed, I will. I would absolutely like you to start the game. It seems they're still molding themselves. Excellent. That's not disconcerting at all. Uh, do you know anything about this older version? I can't. I can't remember. It's um, it's a more personalized version of Dragon Chess. They initially were made of pieces representing individual dragons um, and individual figures, the capabilities of which would dictate the piece's ability to move or claim tiles. Um, there's also, unlike traditional chess, where it is purely an effort to capture one's king, um, there is a territory control aspect of it. Um, How many pieces are there now? I realize it's not finished, but I know that there's a Saride piece mm -hmm. on, on the Saride side. Mm -hmm. How many other pieces are there? Um, at the moment. My question is, is it making up our party? It is. I hate it. Thank you. Okay, cool. <laughs> it is yeah it, the the pieces are not finished but you can you can start to see there are some clear distinctions of of your party members um that are being shaped i'd like to think it's the entirety of us and then there's just an empty space for tauroth should be <laughs> 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 it's just the base of a piece but nothing there <laughs> um yeah it, it does seem to be your party um also Screevers has is getting his own piece um is Wyatt in there so far that's what that's what there is um now normally Normally, the there's chess set in there somewhere, right? has 16 pieces. Um, and you guys only count up, I think, like seven. Um, so there there would still be some pieces left to determine. There's eight of us, plus a Screevers is nine. Mm -hmm. So you're um, missing, we like... Get Listen, we got Alvaro, we got... Creepy Morticia girl. Skull we Splitter. Skull Splitter. Mm -hmm. We've got Wyatt. Quick. Mm -hmm. We got Wyatt. We've got, I mean. We got some more that we could add in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got a lot of pawns. We, I'm friends that we can just, you know, use. <laughs> <as pawns. laughs> so. Uh, oh my god, don't tell Fike I called her a pawn, Jesus. <laughs> You, yeah. No, you will be turned inside out like the key bird. <laughs> oh, why you got to bring that up? Well, look at me keeping my mouth shut. I'm it's so proud okay. of that. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. She'll never get to you again. 
Um, so yeah, Wyatt will let will let you see this, the chest set. Um, you can sort of see what is what's shaping out of them. She is visibly frightened. Um. Yeah, while while we'll sort of he'll notice he's not he's not dense in that way, but he doesn't. Um, you can see him sort of make the thought or effort of of attempting to comfort you, but he just doesn't know how. Um, Does he reach out and make a concerned moan? Sort of, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um. But we did know that these would be wild lands, and so far between the Knolls and the Terrandons and the Hog Goblins and the Bullets, they haven't, um, haven't disappointed. Well, I guess so long as you're getting your money's worth, eh? Perhaps if I was a journey, not the destination sort of person, this would all be um, far more fascinating. I don't suppose there's any way I could get you to sort of calm down a bit about all that. I understand how eager you are to get to the forge. I do. But you know, what is it, a watch pot never boils. You can only push him so far. It's true. That's true. But I, fear I, have a I fear if we don't make better progress, then by the time fall arrives or winter, when the weather turns against us and our travel is slower, that um, I doubt many of my traveling companions will have the fortitude to press on. Master White, we all want the same thing you want. We all want to get there as quickly and safely as possible. But if you keep, I don't know, pushing yourself like this, you're going to be useless to us. You make an interesting point. I will do my best to meditate on it. If you ever want a friendly game of normal chess, let me know. It's a good way to blow off some stress. I will consider it. I appreciate the offer. Thank you. As you guys continue down the road, another day or two passes. You can see the variety of attacks that have harassed Four Point Farms. Different bullet scene, uh, fight scenes, things like that. On the dawn of the third day, you guys, uh, with the sun at your back, see the cooking fires rising high into the sky. 
at the horizon. By mid-morning, you're approaching what is um, the wonderful town of one. Um, one of the four points is as the sign reads. Um, and beyond it, the fields of four point parks. It is a small town, sort of a village hamlet. Um, maybe a hundred people. <clears throat> it has a small gathering center. And around it, you can see men working. Field hands. Um, in the midst of summer, you guys are almost 28, 29 days since you left. Um, and you, you're coming into the month of champions almost. So you're at the end of Exalted. If I'm not mistaken. They seem to be building fences. Or perhaps a better description is um, felled trees sharpened to spikes. That they are reinforcing the defenses of... Um, 1.04. Um, as you guys come passing down into the road, um, you are met by a uh, matronly gnomish woman uh, whose blonde hair has um, begun to streak white in places, and she has... Um, sort of wrapped them high into a beehive-like bun. Um, ah, hello there. It's a pleasure to see you, travelers. I hope that you find yourselves well. Um, what brings you to, well, one point? Uh, uh, hello, um, we're actually, uh, we're, uh, we're on a very long journey, and you just happen to be a lucky stop on the way. Oh, well, that is, um, that is... Fortuitous for you, that is correct, yeah. You are not wrong, uh, Master Bird. Uh, Sirak. Sorry, I didn't... Never introduced myself. My apologies. My apologies. Um, <laughs> I am Sweet Roll. Uh, <laughs> you certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, <laughs> don't get any <laughs> ideas there, Birdie. Insight check. Yeah, uh, you can make an insight check. Did her parents really name her Sweet Roll? Nineteen. Uh, yeah, she she is um, she is in fact named Sweetroll. Um, yeah, her her name is Sweetroll Flowerfields. Oh my god! Okay, we found the final member of our chess set. We're good. <laughs> we found the queen for the board. We're good. We're good. Um. I, I, 
I would that it were, so... Um, <laughs> under better circumstances, but... I actually think we might be in need of some services as such. Um, tell me, how long have you been on the road? Uh, long enough to know that some land sharks might be nearby. Oh. Yes, well, the land sharks have been more aggressive of late. My father, um, in his youth, said that they had had a, a rousing mating season. But it's stretched on beyond a year now, and those... Um, those attacks are becoming all the more frequent. Bullets were never something that we um, have had to deal with in long terms. But uh, that is definitely a problem that we have been experiencing. Uh, you passed through Trubluff, did you? Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah, that we did. And the the Republic cities beyond. Aye. We did. We had sent word some when the frost had thawed um, in the beginning of the year asking for help from well we had sent some of the younger men to a number of the cities um, back to the east. Novo Brectus, Nicobarius, the eastern crossroads. Uh, is, did you, would you have said uh, you'd send them in carts? I mean, well, some in carts, some, um, some we'd put on horseback. Um, mm -hmm. I know that uh, my son and his um, his three <laughs> friends had traveled um, by war dog. Uh, they they were among the first that had left. Um, and we had begun to give up hope that word had made it out. Um, you see, we'd sent word to the western crossroads and soldiers have been coming relatively steadily. But... Um, all the ones that are shifted out for, um, how did the captain put it, um, rotation, um, are never brought back in. And their numbers have grown thin of late. With the harvest coming, we usually have many more hands, not just for the work, but um, harvest is when we traditionally um, see the most raids from um, hobgoblins of Varen Rigard and Molvik Kula. But um, the, the Republic soldiers had usually done very well in, in years past. We just we fear that we might have you know, strained their resources this year. It's, it's been rough, I should say. How? So this help that you need is that just protection from raids while you harvest, or 
I mean, we're, we require much aid, and I don't suppose you all could offer all of it. Um, you, you seem quite, not. quite ready to go somewhere. Um, there's, there's something um, driving the bullets. We're unsure as to what, um, but other things have been happening nearby. Um, you do well to, if you have the time, stop by point two or three. Um, the raids of the bullets, the raids, the bullets, um, all of these things have been brought to town, honestly, but I'm far more worried about. Um, there is a, uh, a traveler that has come to town, um, claiming that he could save each of the points and the farms that are guarded within it, that he could, um, ensure that uh, we would see not only our harvest, but um, many generations of, of wealth and prosperity. And, um, well, he promises the moon and the sun and all the stars in the heavens, and unfortunately many of my friends and colleagues are... How should I put this? Think this he's way. full of horseshit? Perhaps in years past they would have, but, um... What is this gentleman's name? He calls himself Arthur Hyde. What does he look like? And is he traveling alone? Oh my god, it's not starts off. <laughs> no, he's dead. No, he's not. They resurrected him. It's Volk. Ah, we're pretty sure. Damn it. Um... Arthur Hyden is a young, tall, humanish man. Um, he's long, and thick, black hair, um, sort of braids it down his back. Bears himself not unlike a prince or a king, but there's also an instance of showmanship to him. Um, he calls himself the savior, but none of us have heard of him. It's... Is he talking to you about gods? No, no, he has not. He's not mentioned gods in any in any great way. Although he he speaks of the value of the harvest, um, of the potential. Or four points to be important. Um, he's attempting to barter for a portion of our uh, of our food, and usually that wouldn't be a problem. But with fewer hands, we have fewer crops, and with the growing populations back east, we have rather high obligations. Of course, if we can't deliver any of them, many of those people will starve. And if we give him his share, we'll profit nothing for the season. Is he here, or is he at one of the other points? 
He had been here a few days ago, and I believe he had planned to travel to the southern point, point two, four, then up to point three, then on to point four, attempting to gather a consensus among us. We do have some sending stones between the villages. Um, he had, we could ask as to where he was. I know he had wanted us to form some form of um, quorum um, between the leadership of the points. We do on occasion. You understand the fields, the farms, in the midst of the points are, are really the value. And we on the outside are transporters and traders, and um, we offer what protection we can. But, um... But I, that's... That's what's happening. If you all could help alleviate some of the pressure that we are feeling, then perhaps... Perhaps my, um... Brethren, my sisters, and the other farms wouldn't, um be so eager to tell themselves into a servitude. We can certainly do that. I'd appreciate it. You all look hearty and whole, and I'm not sure where you're going, but it looks as though your wagons could use a little work, and we do have food, we have some tools. Um, if you wanted, we could also send word to the Western Crossroads. The commander there does... Um, commander of the Northern, of Tower 12 and Tower 9. Sometimes they'll send us military aid and things of the like. And we can get some stuff in. Depends on how long you'd be around for. Um, but, uh, I'm so sorry, you haven't even had a moment to step off your wagons um uh, please come let me um let me take you to our inn um there is some wonderful um lemonade and um citrus drinks to be made and enjoyed um we do have a um a honey farmer uh not two days off uh creates a wonderful mead if that's your your liking. Um, please, please, we can discuss all of this inside. Um, Sweet Roll Flower Fields is going to lead you. It is very much a one road, one horse. Not one horse, any, I mean, now maybe one horse, maybe not a one horse town before, but, but it's a one road town. Um, and it's the stables, the um, the inn, uh, sort of the trader shop, the outdoor shop, and there is a blacksmith and a and a carpenter. You get the point. The idea that point one. Go ahead. I'm I'm picturing crossroads from WoW. Uh yeah yeah not yeah not not unlike that. It it is it is small. Um, you can tell that this place, this this point in particular, is designed for to stable beasts of burden, horses, right, to deliver news, 
um, some mules, some oxen to carry goods um, down the road. You also can see that there were um, like ranger stations, uh, it looks like. Sort of like a firehouse, but um, people that would essentially help protect the farms within Warborn. And that's what all of these little towns, their, their sort of purpose is. Um, is to help protect the towns within them. Um, as, as they've sort of very much spread out. Um, as you get to the western side, and if, and you, you travel up into the the staircase of the inn there, it is... Um, um, the Burning Candle Inn. Uh, it's got sort of like a... a um, bell tower up on one side opposite the chimney stacks. And she'll tell you that from there you, you get a, a great view. If anybody would like to take a look at it, you can see out, uh, as far as the eye can see, there are just rows and rows of, of farm land. Some of it dedicated to um, animals, some of it dedicated to vegetables, and none of it dedicated to minerals, because that's not how Shit. that works. Damn it. I know. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a wonderful place. Um, it looks very, very idyllic. But you can also see that they've been struggling to... They can't fence all this in. You're talking about fencing, you know, 100, 200 miles at a time. And um, you can't build a wall that long. Um... <laughs> Apologies, hate to be the one to tell you that. But yeah, so so this is this is um, point one of four, seven of nine. Um, Star Trek. Yeah. If there's nothing else you guys would like to do immediately, I think that's where we're gonna close for the night. I'm just gonna. I just want to say. Um, like Sirak would just as we're walking into it would kind of lean over to Sarai and be like so they have an immense bullet problem and on the only year that they've ever had a bullet problem a guy shows up and says he can solve their bullet problem am I am I getting that rubbed right yeah it's what it seems to be that there's fins to the left fins to the right and they're the only bait in town oh <laughs> So, maybe if we can buffet that a little bit, we can take care of some of it. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <laughs> that one I was sitting on for a while. <laughs> yep, land shark. What can you do? <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thank you guys for a wonderful night. Thanks for hanging out. Um, we really appreciate you guys. We're going to be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Megan, are you on tomorrow? Are you playing tomorrow? 
We're going to see. We're going to see. Okay. Well, at the very least, I will be here with Cole. We're going to run Storm King's Thunder. Um, we're, we're getting into some exciting stuff with that. Dragon Age is going to happen later in the week. I'm try I'm going to try to bring um, some, maybe uh, some other fun things, one-shots and, and games and other stuff like that to the channel. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Um, if you're interested in uh, anything we do, please follow us on the social medias. We are going to talk to you guys later. Um, we'll see you next time. But until then, be cool.